once I could kind of just get over that and think to myself, well, does it really matter what they think? Cause am I doing it for them or am I doing it for me? Leaving my like stable full-time job, going to uni, mm-hmm. going back to casual work. Um, and then a lot of other aspects like friends, family, etc. It was that moment that I realized that, that a lot of what mm-hmm. I was doing and the decisions that I made were based on what I thought other people thought I could and should do and not what yeah. I wanted. And that yeah. was, yeah, that was the turning moment. I think when I just decided to start doing more of what I wanted rather than what other people wanted for me, you never know unless you give it a try. Welcome to the post-school podcast with me, Nathan Moss, an extension to the uncle Nathan blog that sees me chatting with some pretty amazing people about their journey with the hope that you guys can take something away from it to apply in your own lives. Join me as I chat to leading academics, roaring social media influencers, big business execs, local business inspirations, students just like you and I, and so many more incredible people. Today I'm here with Reality. Reality, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, thank you very much. So um, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I am 23. I live on the Gold Coast. Um, and I study currently at the moment, a bachelor of psychological sciences with the hopes of, you know, progressing and then getting my honors and then masters to become a registered psychologist. Um, and yeah, and I also have a podcast of my own kind of talking about my degree as well. Yeah, that's so awesome. And, um, obviously like, I know that you didn't go to uni straight out of school. What was the reasoning behind that? Um, it's probably something I've only realized recently because when I first finished, I just thought I didn't, I liked study, but I didn't like the school environment. So I thought uni would be very much the same. Um, so I kind of made up my mind and I didn't want to go. And I thought it was just because of that. I didn't want to be defined by a certain number that I got at the end of school. Um, but now Oh, how many years on now, six or whatever, seven years later, I think it was because I did feel like I wasn't good enough to go to uni and that mm-hmm. neither my mum nor dad went to uni. So they were very understanding and didn't mind one way or the other, whether I went to university or not. Um, but yeah, I just think the whole school environment kind of didn't give me the confidence to think that I could go straight from school to uni and yeah I just ended up having a, a four-year gap between yeah and what did you have like a moment where you were like okay I'm gonna go to uni now I'm ready or was it sort of a gradual thing no it was definitely a, a like a moment that a it just switched I think for me I was working um I worked a lot of casual jobs in that time frame and then I ended up getting full-time work um as a receptionist for a car dealership and for the first six months of that I really enjoyed it because it was something new and I'd never done that before um but then I think probably like that eight eight months in I got really bored and it got very you know the same thing every day I wasn't learning anything new and I kind of just realized um for me if if that's all that was out there for me, like if that was as good as it got for full-time work. um, And I mean, also to like money wise, like if that was as good as it got for me, I was like, that's not good enough. I, I wanted more. And 
um, yeah, that's where I just kind of thought I may as well just go back to studying. Like I remembered I did really enjoy doing the work at school. It was just, I didn't like being on the actual campus of school. So mm. yeah, I just, I don't know. It was like a moment where I just realized that I should go back. Fair enough. And what made you go to psychology? Uh, that's a, a bit of a funny story. <laughs> so I, I wanted to do education. I wanted to do secondary education. So teach high school, um, specifically like maths and science. So I applied for that. Um, and I also applied for an events degree as well. I don't remember the exact name, but I just applied for the two of them and thought, oh, I'll just see what I get accepted to. And then I went and saw like a, a tarot card reader. I think that's what they are. <laughs> um, I know I got sucked in by a friend of mine that went and I thought, oh, what, like whatever, I'll just give it a go. And when I went there, she, I mean, like you can believe it or not, I don't know, but <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, I feel like you're um, stepping into a new part of your life and whatever the decision you've made is not the right one. It's not going to be stimulating enough. You're going to get bored. Um, so I kind of explained wow. to her what I, yeah. So I explained to her that I'd chosen that. And she said to me that you'll be bored in a classroom. It's going to be the same as what you're doing now, which is same thing every day, every mm. week. Um, but I see you working with like that age bracket, like that adolescent kind of mm. age gap. Um, and yeah, so I kind of went away from that and thought to myself, like, what else was I really interested in? And I kind of just, yeah, I randomly just chose psychology as something to enroll in. I read the like outline and what the possible job outcomes were. And yeah, I just thought whatever one I got accepted to first out of the three degrees I would enroll in. And it just so happened to be psychology and yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that it was cause I've, I'm loving it so far. That's so awesome. I feel like a lot of the time that gamble with uni doesn't pay off. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool that you stumbled upon like the right option um, yeah. from the get go. And do you, do you reckon that that four years off had a part to play in that? Like you felt like, you know, you knew yourself a bit better. Definitely. I, um, I think, I mean, the obvious is I grew up a lot in the four years I went from being um, like, I started school, like when I finished, I was 16. So I finished mm. um, in the November, early November. I didn't turn 17 till the end of November. So I kind of was, had a bit of a year up on a lot of my other classmates. Um, so I think going from being 17, just finishing school to being 21 and starting uni, a lot mm. happens in that four years um, as far as growth and confidence. And um, yeah, I think it was really important to just get experience on how to, you know, be managed and how to speak to a boss and how to deal with difficult customers and mm. um, just get more basic life skills that I think have really helped me now going into uni. Yeah, 100% agree there. I think like a lot of people disregard that idea that sometimes the best lessons you learn are completely away from the classroom and it's literally just by living life um Definitely. i think i think that's a massive thing for me lately is like figuring out sort of what i enjoy just by trying lots of things and without yep. that without that ability to go okay i'm gonna step back and have a look at my life that sort of rarely happens so i think it's really powerful that you took those four years off and then from there you learn all these things to now go into psychology and smash it because you're so like confident in who you are and sort of where you want to be going 
Definitely. And that was a big fear of mine as well. Like you were saying, it's great that the gamble paid off, but I think, you know, I held back for so long because I was afraid that whatever I went in to do, whatever my first choice was, that's what I had to do. And I had to stick it out. There was no other choice, you know, like you couldn't Mm. change degrees or you couldn't change, you know, what I wanted out of the end at the end of it. Um, Mm. But I think that's the beauty of going to uni and getting that experience was that, um, you know, I go, I'm, I'm in class with people from being 17, 18 years old up to like, I think the eldest in, in my, one of my classes is like mid sixties and getting that vast array. Yeah. Of ages has been really interesting to hear what they started out doing and how it's evolved for them to get where they are now. And that it's okay if you change your mind, because you end up at, at the right path like you end up on the right pathway anyway at the end of the day yeah totally if you were graduating high school again right now would you take that four years off again definitely definitely I think the only thing I would do differently is I would try to do a bit more traveling um even if it was just around Australia like not even necessarily Mm. overseas Mm. um I think that's the only part that I would like to do a bit differently but I think at the time it was just my age and like I said, my confidence levels, I, I couldn't do that. I was just happy to stay at home and work and save money basically. Yeah. Fair enough. What do you think one of the more interesting things you've learned in psychology has been so far? Um, it's probably like a really basic concept. Um, and it's probably a really obvious one as well, but throughout, um, you know, the two years so far that I have been in the degree, it's, um, evolved a bit as well, but it's basically that, um, you, you're influenced by your, like the biology behind you, the psychology behind you and the social aspects as well. Um, and how the three of them work together and connect, um, makes up like a large portion of, of who you are, um, Mm. and how they all interact with each other. I know it's a very, it's a very broad concept, but just basically, I think, you know, I never really realized how they can affect each other. Mm. Um, and also too, I think, um, a little bit more of a specific one, one of my, uh, lecturers explained to us that, um, the idea of a personality is completely fake that apparently, yeah, that he, he explained it that, you know, your personality is, is fluent, like it changes throughout your, sorry, not fluent, fluid. It changes throughout your entire life and it can change mm. depending on your circumstances and your environment, but your temperament will always stay consistent throughout your life from birth to death. Right. So I found yeah, that, interesting. yeah, I, I found that really interesting as a, as a concept. Yeah, that's quite cool. I, um, I heard a thing from Jay Shetty the other day that, do you know who Jay Shetty is? Yeah, yeah, I, I love him. Yeah, so I heard a thing from him the other day and it, it it's similar to that idea, a little bit different in that he was saying society today has a very weird perception of ourselves in that lots of us consider our identity or personality to be what we think someone else thinks of us. And it's this it's this really abstract concept which which I think has sort of been brought up through social media and the rest of it that we have available to us today but it's this idea that we all like base our worth off what we think someone else thinks we are and it's i wish i don't know 
have you heard of any studies into like that idea? No, but it's it's funny you say that because I think was it one of these recent episodes? Because I feel like I just listened to that as well. Yeah. But um, I think it's funny you say that because I think for me the turning point um, for a lot of the changes that I made in my life as far as leaving my like stable full-time job, going to uni, mm-hmm. going back to casual work, um, and then a lot of other aspects like friends, family, etc. It was that moment that I realised that, that a lot of what mm-hmm. I was doing and the decisions that I made were based on what I thought other people thought I could and should do and not what yeah. I wanted. And that yeah. was, yeah, that was the turning moment, I think, when I just decided to start doing more of what I wanted rather than what other people wanted for me. Yeah, fair enough. Or I That's thought such... they wanted for me. Yeah, it's it's super powerful because I feel like a lot of people are super afraid to take that first step to where they want to be when they're already secure. So like for you, you had four years off. So you're sitting there now with a job and not loving life. But to most people, they'd be looking going, oh yeah, she's set up. So I think that like the fact that you had the balls to just be like, nah, screw this. I'm going to go do what I want to do is like, I find that super inspiring. I'm sure a lot of people listening would. What what sort of tips would you give to people who are thinking of making that step, but maybe are a bit too afraid? Um, I think one of the things that helped me was talking it out with uh, my family. Mm. Um, I had a brother, I have a younger brother at that at the same time was tossing up about going back to uni as well. He had a couple of years off as well. Um, and we just so happened to, at the same time, have the same idea of going back to study. Um, so I think talking it out with like him, who was in a similar situation and um, my parents really helped to kind of nut out any sort of, you know, worst case scenario, what ha- what would happen if it didn't work mm. out. Um, so I definitely think talking about it and getting other perspectives was helpful. Um, but also too, like, just applying like I spent so much time deliberating should I apply shouldn't I apply what degree do I Mm. apply for what if I don't get in should I have a backup plan and I think um it's you've kind of just got to do it um and once you get the answer then you can go on to the next question which is do I want to do it do I accept or do I not and my thing was well if I accept then I'll go on to the next question do I enjoy it like you've got to at least give it a try I think Mm. um the longer you wait uh the longer it's going to take you basically and you never know unless you give it a try oh 100 percent. and i think that first well i know that first hot hurdle is definitely the hardest one to get over and yeah i love i love the fact that you said just apply and see what happens from there because you're so right and i tell my sister this quite a lot in that if you apply for something you're not saying i'm gonna do it you're simply just saying let's see if i if i can do it And then Mm -hmm. from there, you get to make the decision after that. But it's that first step, like you would never know if you could have done it or not if you don't apply. And I think that's, that's like the possibly the hardest thing, but also the easiest thing, because if you go in with the right mindset, because if you go in thinking I'm not tied down to anything, it might make it so much easier to make that first step. And then from there, the rest is a lot easier. Exactly. And I think we have a really bad habit as humans as well. I know I do of kind of trying to live four steps ahead of where I actually am. Mm. I'm constantly planning, thinking about the future, like, you know, the knock-on effect of a decision that I haven't even made yet. I'm const- I'm thinking about the positive or negative outcomes of a 
you know, consequence that's probably 12 months down the track. Mm. And the thing is, you know, you spend so much time worrying about that, that you kind of don't actually just take a moment to go, okay, no, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, let's just focus on the the question in front of you right now and not mm. think about consequences, you know, too far in the future. Yeah, totally. This idea of living in the present, I think has to really be ingrained a lot more in today's society because it's, it's, and it is really easy to think like five, 10 months down the track, like, where is this going to put me? But like, mm -hmm. I think the thing is you don't know unless you do make that first step right now. Yeah, exactly. You've just mm. got to like take the chance and see what happens. Yeah, totally. Um, let's jump over before we were mm -hmm. talking about this sunk cost fallacy. And to yeah. me, it sounds, it sounds super interesting. We were talking about it off camera. Um, yeah. First of all, let's, do you want to explain what a sunk cost is and then we'll go into the psychology? Yeah. So, uh, from my understanding of sunk cost is that it's when you make an investment in like, or for me, the psychology is you make an investment, um, in time, energy or money or anything like that, that you feel like is too large to pull out of a situation because you would view that as a failure. Mm. So, um, for instance, like I use the example of, and it's probably the most common example of a relationship. You spend, um, a certain amount of time, let's say 12 months with a certain person and, you kind of think, or you know, in your gut that it might not be the right uh, relationship for you, but you view the time that you've invested as too valuable, that mm. if you pull out now, the failure is bigger than potentially the positive outcome of leaving that bad relationship and moving on to better things. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like in, in finance, we view a sunk cost as like, if you have a certain asset, like say it's your phone, and you smashed mm -hmm. your phone screen and then you fixed your phone screen and say it cost you $250, that is now a sunk cost. So people often go, I've got this phone now that I've spent, say, $1,000 to buy the phone plus $250 to fix the screen. Is it worth buying a new phone? And it's this idea of because the cost has already happened, you're never going to get that back. So we want to look at situations like now and think, okay, what have we got right now that we can actually affect? You can't affect what, like in a relationship, you can't, you can't change the time you've put in. So it's about yeah. looking into the future is the time that I'm about to put in, is it worth it or not? Um, yeah. I think what, what do you guys learn in psychology about that? Like, is it something that's really hard to overcome? Um, it's definitely something I've, I've done a bit of like research on it cause I'm doing a podcast on it coming up. So I think basically what they said is that you have to, again, it's all really simple um, advice at the end of the day, but I think it's advice that people tend to overlook, but basically like, yeah, they were just saying that it's more about evaluating um, where you are now, where you were when you first made that investment and where you'll be if you continue to make that investment. And exactly like you were saying, like outweighing, if the continued investment is going to be worth it or not. Mm. So basically just figuring out, yeah, where you want to be and where you currently are and if it's worth it or not. Yeah. And I think like even this stems back to that idea of wanting to start uni or wanting to start something that you're passionate about in that like oftentimes we spend way too much time thinking about what we've already done and how this decision is going to affect the path that we're on. But yeah. 
it's almost like the whole, I don't know, the way I view it is you're sitting here with sort of two options. You make a decision to go forward and from that decision, you learn that maybe it wasn't the right decision and then you adjust accordingly or you learn that it was the right decision and you adjust accordingly. The only sort yeah. of wrong way to go about it is to sit there going, no, I'm not going to try that because maybe it scares you. And yeah. it is such a, like a hard thing to overcome. Um, it definitely like I, is. I know on your, um, on your Instagram, I was looking at the, at the podcast Instagram on the first post. Um, yeah. You said this awesome quote where it was, everything you want in life is sitting just outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And like, that resonates so hard with me because it, it's so true. And I don't think enough people get that um yeah. what what and made think, it stick with you um i think uh for me anyway the whole idea of like where i i wanted to start a podcast was because um i kind of had this moment like i was 21 and i woke up on my 21st birthday and i i felt like an i don't know just like this shift i think in me and i knew that i i wasn't happy and i wanted more and mm. from then on, it was that knock-on effect of applying for uni and then quitting my job um, and just lots of other things started changing in my life um, that I noticed. And I realized that they were all things that I was doing that I was afraid to do because I thought, you know, it's everyone's got, it's the fear of failure and the fear of rejection is like mm. the main things that I think hold people back. And if I... I realized that once I just stopped kind of worrying about those things or, you know, thinking that the worst case scenario realistically wasn't a, a reality of the situation. Mm. Um, once I realized that I realized, yeah, that the best things that I was doing and the best things that were happening to me were the ones that I was doing that weren't in my comfort zone and did push me outside of my, outside of my box and made me kind of look at things differently and try different things. So yeah, when it came to the the podcast, I just thought, you know, realistically what's holding me back and it was the fear of what people would think of mm. me from starting something like this. And once I could kind of just get over that and think to myself, well, does it really matter what they think? Because am I doing it for them or am I doing it for me? And once I could kind of just cement that for myself, it it made the decision a whole lot easier. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, um, I think a lot of the time that fear of failure is stopping people from like just taking that one step that would change their whole life hey everyone sorry to interrupt i promise this will just take a couple seconds i just wanted to say this podcast was made to benefit as many young people as possible it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review to share the word among others just like yourself also don't forget to follow uncle nathan on instagram at uncle nathan co and dm us if you have any questions or simply just want to have a chat now back to the episode. If you were sitting 12 months before you started the podcast, would you start it straight away or would you still wait a little bit? Knowing what I know now, I'd probably just start it. Mm. Um, because even, you know, I, I only started uh, in November last year. And um, I just think from then till now, in such like a short period of time, you know, like maybe three or four months, I can feel and I can hear the difference when I listen back my confidence in what I'm doing and what I'm saying mm. and you know I even like I said to you before um we started recording you know like my idea of what I wanted it to be then and my idea of of what I want to use it for now has even changed 
And I think to myself, like, not that I regret not have starting or not have started like the 12 months previous, but I think I could, I could be so much further along in this journey if I would have just stopped worrying so much about what everyone would think and just trusted my gut and yeah, just started it then. Yeah. Let's talk biases. Have you learned much about them in psychology? Um, a little bit like the, the name and the term definitely is, has come up a bit, but yeah. What? We can talk. <laughs> what there's, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's, it, this is not the right name, but it's like selection bias or bias Ooh, when you're given, oh, you haven't heard of it? Yeah. No, ex- explain and I'll tell you if, if it makes sense. Yeah. If I yeah. Cause it. it's, it's definitely not the clinical term for it. Um, it's when you're given <laughs> like, uh, it's when you're given too many options and it's hard for you to make a choice because there's too many options there. Oh, okay. I haven't, um, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't, mm. um, I don't think we've come across a term for that. Right. Yeah. I read it in a book once. So it's this bias in where, and like, I, I see a lot of kids that I sort of help at, at Freshy sort of face this after school in that you have so many options after school and after uni of where you can go. And that often overwhelms people so much that they don't make a decision. Um, and I don't know, it really like it's, it interests me a lot because as soon as I learned about that, I started changing the way that I view situations and tried to give myself like the least amount of choice, if that makes sense. Um, so that it's easier to make a decision. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. It's, I think that was like, for me, um, with the whole, like applying for uni, there was so many choices as well. And because I didn't really have a clear direction of Mm. where I wanted to end up, it's very overwhelming looking at all the options and also to not really understanding the language that they use either. Mm. So I don't know, you know, you don't always know what you're reading and understand what you could be applying for. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree if they had more of like a, a basic kind of, you know, few options or half a dozen options that you could test out at the beginning and then delve deeper, depending what you enjoyed, it would make the process Mm. a little bit easier. I think. Yeah. Business at UTS actually does something like that where like, so first year in business, you get to, you have to do all the core subjects, which are a mix Mm -hmm. of all the different majors. Um, so you, they actually don't let you choose a major until you've tried everything, which I think is really good because it gives you that sense of, okay, I don't like accounting, but I like marketing. I'll do marketing. Whereas you might've gone into it thinking that you will like accounting and waste, waste a year, waste a semester on doing something that you don't love. Um, That's such a good idea. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I think, I think it's a really good like philosophy to apply in life in that let's look at possible options and just have a go and see where it takes us. That's exactly right. It it comes back to the whole thing of like, you don't know unless you try. Mm. And it's like, you know, my, like my mom always used to tell me like too many options breeds confusion. And it's like, that's so true because it does, you get confused. And because there's too many choices, you end up just not picking anything because it's, it's too much. You don't know, you know, you start to overthink the choices of, or what if I pick this, what would happen? And Oh, what if I pick that? What's the consequences of that? So Definitely. Mm. I think that's a great idea to kind of give you a bit of a taste of all different areas because yeah, you just sometimes wouldn't even have a clue what you could be interested in until you gave it a shot. So that's such a good idea. So what uni are you at? I'm at um, Southern Cross. um, Are you going into uni or is it online? 
Uh, this year we can go back. Last year, um, I think we had maybe like four weeks of going onto campus mm. and then it was 100% online. And now this year we can go back in, but only for tutorials, labs, workshops, et cetera, all lectures are, are run online. I think that's yeah. for most of the unis here on the coast as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same down in Sydney. I'd be really interested to get your perspective on like on-campus uni because I haven't had that experience yet. I had my first whole oh. year online. Um, oh, I was just talking to someone about this this morning, actually. Like, I wonder how the second years will go this year because they're going to mm. go onto campus, but they haven't had that experience yet. Yeah, so, like, I'm learning so much about actually going into uni already. So, I'd be really interested yeah. to pick your brain about, like, what what were the steps that you sort of took at the start to make uni friends because for me that is the most difficult thing because every class is different people okay um i'm quite lucky in the sense that um i don't know if you probably don't know like what southern cross looks like but it's it's three building buildings and that's it it's a very very small right uni so you don't get lost um and the year that i started was the first year that southern cross offered psychology on the Gold Coast as a face-to-face -face subject. So mm. all my classes had the same people in them. All my lectures had the same people. So I got very familiar with uh, lots of people quite quickly. But um, as far as like making friends, um, to be honest, I've only made one friend from uni and that was by no doing of my own. I went into my first lecture I was an hour and a half late. So I only, I only got the last half an hour of it because I didn't, I underestimated how busy it would be on the first week, first day and couldn't find a car park. Um, and I walked into this lecture and um, yeah, this girl kind of like saw me walk in and as we walked out, um, she kind of, she came and grabbed me and introduced herself to me. And we figured out we had all the same classes together. Um, our timetables were exactly the same. Um, so we kind of just clung to each other and, yeah, she was kind of my only, she's been my only wow. friend for the year. And then now we work together and everything. So. Oh, that's sick. You yeah. Really got luck I, think the going, there. I did. Yeah. I was super lucky. I think going back though, um, cause of having this 12 months off though, it, I think it'll be good to go back. Cause I, I don't think I took full advantage of that first year as far as, you know, meeting new people. I, cause obviously I'd had four years off. I was very nervous to go back. And I didn't know what to expect. So I, I very much kept to myself and didn't speak to anybody, uh, didn't approach anybody. It was very, I was just solo. I wanted to do it on my own kind of thing. Um, mm. But after having last year and not having that like community of other people, like-minded people or people that, you know, were doing the same thing as me, it was difficult to be able to relate, to find people to relate to what I was going to specifically. Mm. Um, obviously lots of people are in the same boat as far as doing online study, but not in that degree. Um, so I, I think going back, it'll be good. I'm, I'm more confident to try and put myself out there and definitely just introduce myself, you know, to some people or, or just try and make some friends as well. I think it's, it's a definitely, it's, it's a good thing to have is, is uni friends. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've sort of realized since starting uni is the fact that like the people that you met in like year seven and eight just because you haven't seen them for five six seven years doesn't mean you're not going to get on straight away like i have so yeah. many people at uni that were my like we were friends once upon a time and 
we spoke, but then just sort of faded away that like, if I saw them in the street, I probably wouldn't say hi because I'd be at this, again, this failure of rejection, uh, this fear of rejection. Fear I'd of be rejection. too scared to say hi. Um, yeah. but I feel like at uni, it's very different in that everyone's in the exact same boat. It's yeah. this thing where I, you just say hi and it works. Yeah. I view it like, I think everyone's afraid yeah, to just go up and introduce yourself to somebody because you are, you're afraid of that rejection mm. um, of somebody thinking, oh, like, who's that weird girl? Like, who is she to come and introduce herself to me? <laughs> but I think, again, once you realize that everyone's in the same boat as you, like I, I, I try to reverse it and think if I was in that situation and someone that I didn't know came up and introduced themselves to me, would I reject them? Would I turn them away? And I like, no, I would be mm. so grateful that that person took that burden off me mm. of having to go up and introduce themselves. Hence why I was so grateful that that girl on my first day came up and introduced herself to me because otherwise I probably wouldn't have made no friends. Yeah. So I think it's just, yeah, flipping the situation and thinking, you know, if you were the one being approached, would you reject the person? And, and most times they're not, no, because I think everyone's so desperate maybe not desperate is the right word, but everyone's searching for that connection mm. with other people, especially after last year, that I think anybody would be happy just to have a community around them again of of people that they can share the experience with. Yeah, totally. And everyone's so much more mature after school. It's been amazing to me how much everyone grows up in that just that 12 months because I'm only a year and a bit since finishing school. Just that 12 months. Yep from graduation to now everyone sort of understands that life is hard and yeah. that we're all sort of in it together. And it, it's, it's really cool actually. I love it. Yeah. You think it's like when you're in school, you think, you know, when people say, Oh, it's the easiest time of your life and you'll miss it once you go on and whatever. And I, you, you think you're so like old and mature and you know everything, but then yeah, you mm. really are thrust out there into the real world and you realize you don't know anything and you're at the bottom of the food chain. So it really forces you to, yeah, to kind of just, grow up quickly and learn those really basic kind of skills that you need to survive. Yeah, totally. So what's your plan with psychology? Ooh, um, it kind of changes weekly, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to go on and finish um, for, to be a psychologist, to be a registered psychologist. Um, mm. You do have to go on from my understanding is once you finish your three-year undergrad, you have to then complete your fourth year, which is your honours year, and then um, a two-year, two years of masters. So it ends up being a total of of six years um, studying. Um, so I, I want to go on and finish that. I would like to be able to become a registered psychologist. So if I wanted to practice, um, I could. Mm. But if I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't see myself in the environment of, you know, sitting in a room with someone one-on-one, -on -one, both of us sitting in armchairs and them kind of, you know, telling me what they need help with. Um, that's probably a very simplified version of, of what people do. And I don't want to take away from that, but I just don't see myself in that kind of environment. I, I think the older I get, the more I realize that I do, I like conversing with people more like how you and I are talking now. Mm. Um, and like I said, I, I think what I've enjoyed more from learning is explaining what I've learned to other people and educating them on just some of the basic things that you kind of don't even realize or you take for granted and seeing them understand it and implement it into their lives. 
So yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly where I kind of want to end up with the degree. Um, but I think somewhere, I think I'm still like part of me, like still really wants to end up in the education world somewhere Mm. with psychology. Is that part of the reason behind the podcast? That was the reason. Yeah. That was the, the main reason it started out as was that, um, I used to just talk to my mom about it. Um, and she started commenting and saying, Oh, like, you know, I was thinking about what you said the other day and, you know, told me how it applied to the situation she was in or something. And Mm. she kind of just was saying, you know, like, you know, it was really helpful and it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, and yeah, I kind of just got this idea that, you know, I was listening to a lot of other people doing podcasts and I really enjoyed what they were talking about. And I realized how much they had helped me like different perspectives again. And yeah, I just thought, well, why can't I do that? Yeah, fair enough. And that's, that's exactly right. Like, I, oh, I try and encourage people to do that so often. It's just, if you want to do something, go do it, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, you never know. And it's turned out, like I said, it's ended up being something I've I've really enjoyed. And I mean, like I've been able to connect with you through it and like a few other people have reached out and I've reached out to them and mm. it's been a really nice kind of area to just find other like-minded people, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Let's jump over to 10 under 10. It's the way I like to close okay. off the podcast. Basically, okay. I shoot 10 questions at you and you've got to answer mm-hmm. them hopefully within a second, but there are a few open-ended ones so you can take a little okay. longer for those ones. Okay. Um, Number one, mm-hmm. this is what we touched on before. What okay. is your favorite psychology concept slash idea? Ooh, favorite concept slash idea. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you'd class it as a concept or idea, but I'm currently learning about um, motivation and how there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So that's like the internal versus the external motivational factors Mm. and how when you listen to your internal motivation, um, which is what I've been listening to more lately, um, you tend to be a lot more aligned and a lot happier um, with the path that your life is going down, where when you take on too much of that external motivation, so, you know, factors like, pleasing other people, money, things like that, you tend to make choices that aren't always aligned, I guess, with your end goal and you kind of get distracted along the way. That's a very, very basic explanation (laughs) of that. But in a nutshell, to try and keep it at one second, as you said, that's, yeah, that's what's um, going on at the moment. I love it. I might rename this section 10 under one. So 10 questions under one minute. (laughs) You might have Um, to with me. Yeah. It's the same with every episode, to be honest. Um, number two is saving money or investing? Ooh. My opinion's changed on this recently. I would have always said save, um, but recently I have dipped my toe in the investing world. So I would now say investing. Yay. Yay, yay, yep. yay. That's what I like to yep. hear. Um, three, reading or listening? reading my heart says reading nice number four favorite book mm-hmm. Ooh. i don't know if it's my favorite but it's the one i've read most recently that i would definitely go back and read again 
Um, it's called, sorry, I'm just checking the net. It's called The Space Between by mm. uh, Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. I think they're the um, girls that host the Shameless podcast. Mm. They released a book. Yeah, I that was amazing. I cannot recommend that book enough. That was a really good read. Awesome. Um, number five, would you rather meditate for 10 minutes or two hours? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Um, do you meditate? I don't know. Not currently, but I, I was reading the other day that the top 5%, um, of like the most successful people in the world do meditate every day. Um, Mm. whether that be for like a minute or two or yeah, 10 minutes. So I, I think I should probably start if I want to enter into that uh, top 5%. I keep telling myself I'll start, but I never do. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. It's on the to-do list. <laughs> um, number six, are you a morning or a night person? Morning. 100% morning person. Nice. Yeah. And seven, would you prefer 100 mates or one really close friend? One really close friend. Yeah. Feet as hands or hands as feet? Oh. Um, probably hands as feet like that would be more useful i don't know how how would you do how would you eat food with with feet i don't think that's possible i'd rather not find out yeah hands as feet definitely nice um number nine movies or tv shows oh i'm such a person that i have to sit in the middle i I really struggled to like answer one way or the other um, probably TV shows. I think I like the fact that you can kind of get more into the characters' lives and watch their mm-hmm. development rather than a movie. Sometimes I feel like cuts out a lot of the good stuff. Fair enough. And the very last question: Who inspires mm-hmm. you? Um, it's probably the most cliched answer, but the person who probably definitely inspires me the most is my mum. Um, she's definitely the one who's the most supportive and encouraging of everything that I want to do, but also the first person to cut me down once I, you know, (laughs) start getting a big head or to tell me that I'm, you know, making an idiot of myself or making the wrong choice. So she's definitely the one that I, um, I would look up to the most for sure. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for coming on the Post School Podcast Reality. Um, if Thanks everyone, for having me. If everyone wants to find you on Instagram, listen to the podcast, where can they go? Um, so my Instagram is progressnotperfection underscore pod. And then the podcast is called progressnotperfection. So yeah, if you find the Instagram, the link to the Spotify is in the bio there as well. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. Cheers for tuning into the Post School Podcast. I've been your host, Nathan Moss. If you want to read any of the show notes from today's episode or simply check out the Uncle Nathan community, be sure to head over to unclenathan.com or follow us on Instagram at Uncle Nathan Co. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.